Hello, and welcome to Culture Dumps. Happy holidays, folks. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All the, all, every, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every other uh, holiday that that there is. Um, we're, this isn't like a holiday special or anything. Like, you know, no. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's not, but it's it feels vaguely holiday-esque. Right. Well, you know why? It's because like, Scotland and Ireland, like Ireland in particular, is like I. Besides, maybe England, it's like the most Christmas country. Like it just feels uh, like yeah. it, it's like very it's a Christmassy. Christmassy country. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And uh, that's where this all takes place, pretty much. Uh, this this episode, we're talking about River Dance and Lord of the Dance. And the big difference between the two, before we get into what they actually you know are in the history and all that. Um, River Dance was the original breakthrough Irish traditional dance show that starred dance champion of the world, Michael Flatley. And mm-hmm. he then left to become his own solo thing called Lord of the Dance. And the main difference yeah. between the two, River Dance is very traditional. Lord of the Dance is like if Ramstein had like a fucking baby with River Dance. <laughs> yeah, it has like a ton of. way more modern elements and the dancing is essentially the dancing is the only traditional thing Uh, and 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 the music and the music um and i actually i didn't know that i didn't know about lord of the dance technically until like a few weeks ago river dance is the big one but lord of the dance is huge it's yeah it's it's just as big it's just as big yeah like this is all river dance and lord of the dance are literally vhs tapes that your mom in the suburbs like masturbated to when you weren't home like like, (laughs) this is like some mom shit uh right right fucking here so let's get into (laughs) god also uh just a disclaimer folks i am feeling a little under the weather so forgive me if i'm uh stupider than usual uh so why is this a dump well it is always impressive when a traditional art form from a foreign country breaks into the american mainstream and furthermore the global mainstream the irish dance fascination seemingly came out of nowhere and became a sensation But, as with all massive trends, soon River Dance and Lord of the Dance became easy targets for parodies. Parodies of these top-selling live shows were not the worst of the dance company's worries, though, as the Lord of the Dance himself was caught up in a multi-million dollar sexual assault scandal that somehow did nothing to slow the success of the show, nor tarnish its legacy, until its legacy was tarnished for another reason. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. It's a, it's a really, I mean, the reason why this stuff was so popular is because the, it's, there's a curiosity factor. Like, like I, I can't even think of, like, an American art. Like, I mean, I guess, like, swing dance and, and stuff, like, you know, and line dancing and things like that. But, like, you don't, you wouldn't go to fucking, like, Broadway to see a line dancing show. You go to see river dance because this shit is yeah. fucking crazy. Right. I think that it, it's a perfect dump because um, it had, well, again, we at Culture Dumps being two Americans, like our, our cult, our, our dump lens is very focused on, you know, what is popular in the United sure. States of America. I mean, maybe eventually we'll get into like worldly dumps, but we just don't really have the context. Worldly uh, dumps. <laughs> to, you know, to, to, to do that. So... Because you'd have to kind of be like in that country to to know when that 
yeah. that trend kind of bro like rose and fell or whatever. So this so these two things are actually still you know like pretty worldwide, um, but it's perfect dump for the U.S. because it had that moment where it just was like like I said I remember Riverdance just because it was on TV. It got so popular it became ubiquitous. It's kind of like those um what's that Chinese what ballet. That Exactly the Chinese ballet, and it was like the billboards were everywhere, and you were right. just yeah. you were just aware of it. It's 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 sort of like, or like the artist Banksy, where you're just like the name, <laughs> you're just fucking aware of it without even necessarily knowing what it is. You and then with Riverdance, it was such a strong. They had really successfully made such a strong image that you only needed to see like three seconds of like that Riverdance commercial. Yeah, and then you got, and you're then like, you get boom, it. Yes. That's some Riverdance shit. So it really had this like yeah. incredibly strong like br like brand to it, um, but again, yeah, it totally had like a it, and then it just now it feels so '90s because it had that flirting with that American just running those commercials. Uh, yeah, but it still is it still is like its own. It's still it's still rocking. It's still going. Yeah. Oh world. no, dude, it's still wildly successful. But both both Riverdance and, and Lord of the Dance. Um, also, like when they advertise something like that, like so much, like for instance, like the Chinese ballet we were just talking about, like uh, it almost makes it seem like it's like a, a scam or something because they're like pushing it so hard that you almost feel like mm -hmm. it, there's, there's like somehow a Ponzi scheme like within <laughs> this, but it's not. It's just to show that they that they want you to go it's see. It's not really a Ponzi bad. scheme. It's just. It's not that. It's just. I mean, the tickets are probably no. There's really no scam expensive. at all. So I'm just saying there's something suspicious yeah. <laughs> about about high volume yeah. advertising. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I feel that because it's just suddenly. It's one of those things, and I can't speak for the river dance phenomenon as it happened because I don't really remember that exactly. But yeah. I do feel yeah, like those the the fucking Chinese Valley, which I'm just totally blanking on. It felt like one day. Every other, every third billboard was, was advertising that. that, and then it goes away. So yeah, it does feel like, uh, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, the scam it, thing. and Riverdance. I mean, it was it was so all over the place. I mean, my mom was really into that. Like I like I know that we had the VHS like float floating around. Same with Lord of the Dance. The Lord of the Dance one is very very iconic. Uh, the the cover. Oh, Shen Shen Yun. Shen, Shen Yun. Yun. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, uh, sorry, but that, yeah. but I didn't yeah. want to just like pull out whatever Chinese word is like lingering <laughs> around my brain, you know? Um, uh, so sorry, anyways, yeah. let's get into it. River, I hardly knew her. River Dance, what a sensation this was. <laughs> River Dance and later Lord of the Dance took the world by storm. I can remember suburban moms exchanging tapes of the performances, whether it was the official releases or performances taped from television. There really has not been a craze like this since. A large-scale theatrical musical performance of traditional folk dances from a foreign country that broke into the American mainstream. It's not really your typical pop culture trend, but when and where did it come from? And again, that but I guess we should, we, we should say the Shen Yun since we've now brought it up. It has, you know, it has happened again, but it, it, it exists in these ways that are, yes, and we'll right, get into yeah. it, but it's, it, it's, it's on the pop culture, but it's kind of, especially if we're thinking in the nineties, it's so not MTV kind of pop culture right and maybe right. that is because it's like maybe it's it's not youth culture per se it's not like a youth movement like grunge explosion or hip-hop yeah or something. <laughs> this is what happens so, when old so people get of, into a new cool thing right they get into some shit and they're super jazzed about it 
Yeah, uh, this is our shit. River dance. You get right. Keep your rap. Yeah. Keep your gangster so rap and your grunge. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have. It just. It's super. It's really popular, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have that youthful sense of rebellion to it. But it does have extremely polished, high production value, fucking insane dancing. Is it's what it has. Fucking crazy and badass music. <laughs> I'm, the- I really like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched- watching the videos. I was like, wow, this is. I, and it feels like something that it feels like something that now like witchy Instagram Insta thought babes like would be really into. Like there's a there's a lot of aesthetic here that I know some like some like witchy type of people. Yeah. Some very well, now na- very yes. very now people would be like, wow, this is so my thing. Yeah, except they so, don't they don't, don't have anywhere near the discipline to master the craft of this kind of <laughs> dancing. When I was in elementary school, actually, this was like, you know, in the nineties, fucking there was uh like there would always be talent shows every year, and there would always, always be like a group of like three or four girls, maybe a boy like thrown into it that would do like a river dance thing. Like, like Irish dance schools started popping up all the fuck over the country and it became like such a big thing. So, you know, these moms that were, that were like, you know, soaking up all this river dance and Lord of the dance shit. They like pushed that onto their children and put their kids into these schools to like live vicariously through them. Cause they knew there was no way they're going to ever do these steps, but little, junior over here they can be the one that can do these dances um and i i I saw so many kids do that so we are going to spare you the centuries-long history of traditional irish dancing and get right to the river that is dance river dance was never intended to be the record-breaking global sensation it became in fact it was meant as a halftime or interval performance at the 1994 eurovision song contest which took place in dublin ireland a seven-minute performance was concocted by composer Bill Whalen, choreographers and award-winning Irish dancers Michael Flatley and Gene Butler, and Celtic vocal group Anuna, along with a slew of producers, musicians, and background dancers. The piece that they created was titled River Dance and was actually inspired by Whalen's 1981 Eurovision interval piece called Time Dance, which was arguably a much more traditional yet somehow more modern version of what he would put together for River Dance. Okay, you guys got yeah. it. I mean, this is Time all going to be on our on sick. our Patreon. The one from the 80s, Time Dance, is Mm-hmm. It's like you're watching fucking Holy Mountain or like El Topo. Like it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, very and there's trippy. a reason why and in in the research process there's a reason why you <laughs> might have thought uh specifically a reason why you might have thought it was like Holy Mountain and we don't have to discuss that on air. Uh but I was tripping Brian on mushrooms. Was sending me yeah. like no, I don't give a sending me like I already ate him. What are they going to do? Arrest like, me? <laughs> like at like three in the morning. Like, <laughs> dude, this shit is fucking mind boggling. But it is because it, it yeah, because it has this kind of there's like a very mystic mysticism. Like there's these flutes, robes, these like ethereal, flames. like synthesizers. Um, it's a it's a whole ass mood. Yes. Is what y- it is. Yes. And there's a lot of and, like and time. I mean, time dance is a fucking great name. Time dance, anything. dude. Oh, you guys got your You're tickets up? across time. I'm actually more into like dream theater and time dance. 
Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I'll take time dance over dream theater any day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, me, me too. But so, but river dance, the difference between the time dance thing that he did in the eighties. I mean, that's very fucking early eighties river dance. They like stripped away all the special effects and crazy colors. They gave the dancers like pretty much like uniform look, you know, everyone was kind of wearing the same thing except for Gene and Michael, the, the two main dancers. And the music is a lot more traditional. There's no like bust and rock like part that breaks in. It's just like, dum -dum. we'll play a little clip of what Riverdance sounds like. So it's, you know, it, the whole thing is the dance. And you know what's even more fucked up? And we'll talk about this in a second. Like, people listen to River Dance, like in the car. I could, I could listen. I could totally listen to With all to this the shit. stomping, this shit. I could listen to the music, sure, but not with all the. I moved out of an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for that reason. Oh, my God. That I'm um, done. Time Dance, uh, yeah, has a prog rock element to it that kind of gets taken but I think that you know it's stripped back for river dance and river dance is, feels way more like traditional music to my knowledge I don't know a ton about traditional Irish music it feels like traditional music yeah Irish music but with this like new age um there's just a ton of reverb on everything kind of so it has this magical ethereal vibe to it yeah yeah um, but it is, it, it is really rhythmic. I mean, actually some of this music made me think of one of an, an earlier dump we did that I wasn't on, but that you did with Eric, um, the fucking, um, pure moods, why I'm pure moods. Yeah. yeah. It's the music kind of has that Enya pure moods vibe, yes. but then it gets really intense because they're dancing their asses off and they need music to kind of go along with that. Right. So each song kind of starts really pure moodsy and then it just ramps up and everyone is going buck wild and and like and it's awesome in the i mean time dance again is just a fucking it's like dune <laughs> to me but uh yeah, yeah but but river dance like the you know it it starts with a, a woman coming out in a cloak and she's like yeah, like doing super like this. Prog. Very yeah, prog. Like every yeah, it's just all fantasy shit. I mean, it's Ireland. You know what I mean? It's fucking. It's the emerald, whatever the fuck. And there's castles and shit and whatever. Um, but 300 million people saw that first Riverdance performance on Eurovision. Um, and Time Dance also in 1981. That was also uh, an an Ireland based Eurovision contest. Um, so. I mean, 300 million people seeing this, like, because Eurovision, like, we, we've discussed this before, um, like, in our tattoo episode, and, you know, several episodes get, get the Eurovision uh, mention. Yeah, but, not you know, a dump. Not a dump. No, 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 not, not a dump. No. Because um, it, it's a music competition between all the countries of fucking Europe, so everyone in Europe fucking watches this shit. I wish we had that in America, like, the best music from all the states. It'd be too lame, though. Too many, like, it, it would just be too much of the same shit. You know what I mean? The states don't really have their own. It would own... be too much fucking, like, fake country southern bullshit. Yeah, and, and then, then just like a bunch of rap that sounds the fucking same, but they're like, no, this right. is like Atlanta rap. Like, no, this is Chicago. It's like, yeah, but you're right. all doing the and same shit. 
And you know what? There wouldn't be any polka. Polka, 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 polka. And that's why I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, exactly. No there polka. Be, and there's there no certainly wouldn't be, be no any Midwest Riverdance. polka. There, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So after the landmark 1994 performance at Eurovision, it was clear that the creators had captured lightning in a bottle and began planning and arranging a full-scale stage show of Riverdance. This was an incredibly ambitious project. Not only did they run the risk of not having a market for this unique show, but also the sheer amount of skilled dancers and musicians it would take to pull it off was massive. The months following the Eurovision performance proved that the show would undoubtedly be a success. The Riverdance single skyrocketed to the top of Irish music charts and close to the top of UK charts. Just five months after the Eurovision uh, performance, the troupe was invited to perform at the prestigious Royal Variety Performance Theatre in London. So... Everyone sees the seven-minute performance. They take that. They put it on CD and on videotape, and they just start selling like fucking hotcakes. Again, people are listening to people fucking tap dancing, essentially, and it's a number one hit. Okay, but you say it, I, yeah, they're tap dancing <laughs> over. The music is very fully formed. And yes, yeah. there is a ton of tap dancing. So I do see what you're saying. Like, it would be funny because it would be like music like traditional irish music with a ton of extra rhythmic elements yeah of the of the banging of just like tons of like, dancing <laughs> like that's like that's that's the whole fucking thing it's 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 insane but when you watch the see the only reason why i make fun of the people that just like listen to it is because when you watch it it is very fucking impressive and you're like holy fucking shit like you can't even believe that these people are doing this mm -hmm. in unison yeah, like yeah. this and the two leader lead dancers are fucking crazy but to just listen to that it's just you know again it's just <laughs> that's it yeah it's it's crazy because there's so many people in the there's the a ton company. there's like a hundred people yeah it's there's so when there you really get the sense the amplification of having all these people so when so every movement is being i mean it's sort of like the rockettes or something or like where it's sure. just every movement is just being amplified by like seriously like all these people so you're just it's a spectacle it's it's a it, there's like it's wild and you know I, i'm just so gonna before we continue i'm just gonna say it because my like my friends that listen to the show uh thank you um they are probably just waiting for me to say something about this or to make fun of me after they hear this episode uh when i'm talking about people listening to tap dance uh, did you ever get into that band tilly in the wall do you hear them? Uh, Tilly and the is, Wall. They're like, they're okay, like this, it's like right. uh, very like acoustic-y, like cheery, uh, like girly, like indie. But the, instead of a this drummer, feels, they, instead of a drummer, they had a tap dancer. And that is, this, and this I listened like to the some, shit like, out of that. Really? Okay, that's <laughs> my first concert ever, dude. Tilly and the Wall at the Troubadour. <laughs> and this, I here I am, like people like, listen to tap dancers. Is this at all like Dresden Dolls? Uh, no, but I was very into them too. Piano and drums. Uh, okay. Yeah, g g Girl Anachronism or, or whatever. Because I guess because it was just I feel like there was this sort of indie rock. There was like the um, indie, you know, you're of Montreal LCD sure dance uh, sound system where it's like very dance disco oriented. But then I feel like there was that indie that was kind of had a very theatrical 
sense about it. And, and, it was like and the there was the also like more the of theater like a kids and the lit thing. majors. Yeah. Or like the th the lit majors and theater kids are starting a punk band kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, so. it, it, there was also like a folk element. And then that grew into clamp, clap, stomp, hey, music, uh, a.k.a. hey, music. Where it's like, hey, uh, like, right. you know, like oh, that, yeah, like yeah. Lumineers and Edward Sharp. Like that all comes from this like first wave of like folk indie that which was is, coming out in which, the early 2000s. Which eventually will be Butt Rock Volume 3. for Absolutely, dude. Um, oh, my God. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? No, well, since we're on such a big tangent, why not I just keep going? Um, my, my girlfriend just recently told me that, um, through like a, not like a two degree of separation kind of deal. She knows someone that was at the scattering of is ashes at the, at, at is another episode of culture dubs. Um, mm -hmm. and he got covered in the ashes when they blew back uh, in the wind. Uh, and, th and that's, that's the story. So anyways, back, back to river dance. <laughs> So, by February of 1995, Riverdance had been expanded into a full-scale stage show ready to tour. Their video release, Riverdance Live from Dublin, became the best-selling music video of all time in the UK. The show began touring the world, selling out every single venue they booked, no matter what country they were in. They broke box office records in the UK, the United States, and Japan. In 1997, Bill Whalen won a Grammy in the world music category. Riverdance was unstoppable uh we love the world music category too we, we talked about world music yeah. quite a bit on podcast 99 um so the combination of incomprehensible dance skills and powerful traditional Celtic music proved to be too much to resist. In 2002, the mayor of San Francisco declared May 6th River Dance Day to commemorate the show's 5,000th performance. For those New Yorkers out there, your River Dance Day is March 15th, as declared by Mayor Bloomberg in 2005. The accolades wow. and award, yeah, dude, like San Francisco, like, hey, it's River Dance Day, like, Riverdance. and I'm yeah. stuck at work. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one knows that it's River Dance Day. Like, why do they even do that? I guess. Uh, I guess I will say another thing. We've we've been drawing comparisons. Um, it definitely has a Cirque du Soleil vibe, though. Oh yeah, not the definitely. circus in terms of there's no aerial elements. Right. Uh, you know, whereas Cirque du Soleil is kind of like a hallucinogenic, um, sexy, trippy version of the circus. I would I feel like the, there's what what is it that that there is something that ties the two together? It's the production value. It's this kind of color palette. It's yeah, it's the fucking synthesizers. It's the airy. It's, the, it's that like yes. spooky magical thing that it's like it's magic. You I know. know. As if, you know, as if circuses weren't trippy and sexy enough, then they had to go and soup it up for Cirque du Soleil, you know, <laughs> nothing like the smell of horse shit and old fucking beat up carny clowns to uh, really get me going. So the accolades and awards <laughs> earned by Riverdance are seemingly never ending. Let's not even mention their performance in Beijing for an audience of over 100,000 people. Despite the show's incredible run, which still continues to this day, by the way, something was missing. Pyro! Michael Flatley, the choreographer of the original Eurovision performance, as well as many of the touring show's pieces, became disillusioned with Riverdance and began to butt heads with the producers. Flatley left Riverdance in 1995, just one year after its debut. Why would the face of Irish dancing and really the face of Riverdance and the craze and everything ditch such a successful venture? Well, I bring you... Lord of the Dance. Do 
due to a contractual dispute between the producers of Riverdance and Michael Flatley over royalties, Flatley made a public departure from the show. The negotiations became tense after Flatley discussed the mounting turmoil on a television appearance just weeks before the show's second run at the world-famous Apollo Theater. The two camps had come to a stalemate, and with less than 24 hours before the opening show, Flatley was replaced by accomplished dancer Colin Dunn. Uh... It's really fucking crazy. I mean, you have a show that is so dependent on every little piece. And the main guy, the best dancer of everyone in Riverdance, which are made up of the best dancers in the fucking world, you know, of this style. And you, I think they literally had 21 hours like left when they decided to replace him with, with like an understudy, which is fucking crazy. Damn. But I guess that's kind of what, you know, what the understudy is there for. It's like. If some shit goes down, you know, you're there to step up. I know. And know. being an understudy um, for Flatley is like, like you're, you're the only person better be, at dancing in the world than you is the guy that you're subbing in for. Like, no, one, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You would have to be so good. But yeah, so you, you, it's, I mean, classic because it was so popular. This is a classic scenario of then kind of the star because he, he really is the star in a, you know, I watched uh, like the 90 river dance, 94, and I mean, when when the dude comes on, you know, when flatly like, I mean, the energy, I mean, because it's just <laughs> he's just like running and dancing. I mean, you're like, how the f like, especially you and I was like, how yeah. the fuck is he doing this? Yeah, he is so much energy. And the crowd, I mean, the crowd is just like, Ugh! like, they're like freaking dude, out. Everyone's going. So he's got shit. that. He's got that star power. So this is, again, a classic situation where things are getting so huge and it's kind of like, well, I'm the fucking guy. I mean, I'm the face. I'm the guy. I'm I'm the Michael Jackson of the Jackson five, whatever, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> so it's like. Yeah. That's funny that you said that because I actually I, I I say that later. Um, so now free to carry on his career as he pleased, flatly began creating what would be the most sensational Irish dance show since uh, river dance. <laughs> that's, like, that's the only other one. But so it's enter. like strike while the iron's hot. Like this is the perfect opportunity. Right. Yeah. Like just like your your the, the intro. Like if you thought if you liked river dance, have you heard of Lord you're gonna, of the Dance? Yeah. You know? You're gonna shit when you see Lord of the Dance. Before we get to the Lord's show, though, let's briefly look at the life of Michael Flatley. Flatley was born July 16, 1958, and was raised in Chicago. His parents moved to the States from Ireland before he was born, and from a young age, he showed an interest in dance that was fostered by his mother and grandmother, both of whom were award-winning dancers. During trips to the motherland, he would learn all about traditional Irish dance and began taking formal lessons until he was 11. After he turned 11, he was kicked out of dance school for being too old, but he continued to study dance, and at age 17, he was crowned the all-world Irish dancing champion. Uh, I just picturing like him being like kicked out. Like when someone's too old for something in entertainment, it's like because you're too old. Like eleven. <laughs> like that is, what okay, are you too right. old to do? Like like the only things you're too old to do when you're eleven is like use diapers, breastfeed, and like watch porn and like smoke cigarettes. <laughs> like everything else is fair yeah. game for an eleven-year-old. Dance school is certainly on the table for an eleven-year-old. <laughs> But I will say that dance has this incredibly short lifeline. And 
really in a lot of ways when you're 30 you're like fucking you're a dinosaur yeah um, because they porn. because they because dancers start so, so <laughs> dancers start so young and uh anyway okay <laughs> i gotcha broke them um you well gotcha. okay but also there's like a kind of a funny thing where it's like you know you you think like a guy too old for dance that like gets back into it like this should be yeah some like post 30s like like oh i used to dance when i was a boy but like this is like some 11 year old who's just seen as like you're like aged out and so he makes it his life thing and by 17 he gets crowned now if, if you're a 17 year old world champion of irish dance but you got kicked out of dance school at 11 for being too young is that impressive is it is it impressive because oh he's only 17 and and he won the world champion or is it like damn at 17 he still was able to win the world champion like are you seen as very young and talented or very old and talented like i don't understand how how, how they look at it um it's also worth noting though that on top of the all world irish dancing champion uh he was also crowned the all ireland flute champion uh uh, this guy is fucking Irish, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. to not only conquer the world of traditional Irish dance, but also play like a little leprechaun flute, like, and be the best in Ireland at that. Like, fuck. Flutes, flutes are a big part of this. I bet They're this guy could eat a potato in like a like half a second. Like he probably Kobayashi's fucking potatoes. <laughs> that's how fucking. Look that's at, how Irish. This look guy at us is. with our with our uh, our CDU. Our culture dumps universe over here. Yeah, <laughs> we're just calling back our own shit. It's the end of the year. It's it's the last. It's like probably what going to be the last episode that comes out in uh, in 2021. You know, pre uh, pre lockdown two. You know, uh, so it's a good time to it's a good time to call back. And also, we really got to uh, pad out this episode. There's there's not a whole lot here. What? So no, no we're doing great. I, I, okay. I'm watching the clock. Okay, okay. After he graduated high school, he opened his own dance school, but quit shortly after to chase his dance dreams. He appeared in several dance performances and is known for his work in the 1980s with the traditional Irish band, The Chieftains. After making a name for himself independently, he was hired for the Eurovision River Dance performance. Yes, Parks? And wasn't The Chieftains, they, didn't they, they like did stuff with Van Morrison, right? That's why they sound. I, I don't know. I just no. know like, like I just Irish bands. I know it's like isn't you two Irish? Yeah, they're Irish. Okay, there's uh, them. Bo there's the Bono Dubliners. Bono is a very traditional. Bono is a very traditional uh, name. Well, Bono um, and you two is more <laughs> like gonna be what the music becomes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they yeah they worked with Van Morrison. Also, interestingly enough, the Chieftains. Uh, they worked on. They did some work for the uh, Stanley Kubrick film Barry Lyndon, which I love that one. It was like in, it was after Clockwork Orange and it was before uh, The Shining because he only did a couple movies in the 70s. But Barry Lyndon is a fucking fantastic one. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, after. Yeah. So, you know, he, he opens up his own dance school and he must have been what? Like fucking 19. It's like, dude, you're really fucking old. Like in Irish dance years, and uh, he opens That's up. That's what I'm school. saying because when you start so young, like it really is kind of. I mean, because I mean, it's sort of like gymnasts, right? I mean, yeah, you gotta sure. think of it that way. <laughs> like gymnasts are starting when they're like six or seven or whatever. So yeah, yeah, you don't see any old gymnasts. That, is that's potentially true. going to be 
used up and like unable to (laughs) like you are going to you could you're just risking like sustaining injury that's why gymnasts are so short yeah a lot of times because they're literally like compacting their bones because they're jumping (laughs) like like when you when you hold an airhead at the the end you know what i'm talking about and you and you wiggle your airhead around until it shrinks down so i just i think i think with dance yeah i think with dancing it's it there is that in that developmental stage it's like get Get them now because this yeah. is when they can do the most potential dancing of like sure. the crazy dancing, the super yeah. athletic. Dancing. I mean, their yeah. their legs are so fucking crazy. I mean, the athleticism in, like to do this river dance shit is so fucking intense. And also, I'll just say uh, you don't see any ugly cast members of river dance it's like gorgeous young people doing just amazing things like and you're just like holy fuck They're incredibly attractive they are in such good shape i mean i tried to jump rope for like two minutes right and that shit was <laughs> brutal yeah so, well, i mean this is essentially doing you. like jump roping way more complicated jump roping with choreography and still running around, dude. They should have brought crazy a, arms. Yeah, they should have brought in a, a a jump rope. That would have been fucking sick. But now we can finally talk about. Which is easily the most ridiculous and most dumpable aspect of this whole story. After the fallout of the Riverdance contract dispute, Flatley began conceiving a plan to create a live show that would dwarf Riverdance. This plan involved lasers, fog, narrations, and a storyline that would transcend the spectacle of Riverdance and be remembered as something beyond traditional Irish dancing. We're talking the Lord of the Dance. It's, I I mean, his thoughts, like he's watching this because again, you had Time Dance in 1981, with you know some modern touches to it some effects and stuff river dance is stripped down it's very traditional it's like here's what we can do it's all about the skill lord of the dance is going to mix the two and it's like yes we're all about skill but we're also about fucking like pyrotechnics and fucking like rocking ass guitar solos and like sex Mm -hmm. and fucking drugs and i I don't know about drugs but like you know it's just it's way more um it's 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 way more crazy yeah it, it's yeah, again. It, this it's, is Ramstein mixed with Riverdance. Yeah, no, that's a great. That's a great. Ramstein is a great comparison in the in the presentation. Maybe not in the. Um, yeah, they're not up there like five Yeah, it's not like metal. It's not metal per se, and there's not four minute ejaculating penises. Yeah, and there's not there's not keyboard gimps, but not yet. Probably. He's probably looking at uh, the Rammsteins and like, let me, I want a little edge to it, right? Because the thing with traditional is that traditional forms are always, yeah, they te- typically do appeal to older people. If you're a young person in tra- traditional stuff, you sometimes you're kind of seen as like the weirdo or the loser. So there's <laughs> always like, can you just, can you modernize it? And when these things work, they're really popular. And then when they don't work, it seems super fucking lame. And I got to say that, like, all this stuff to me seems cool now, maybe because I'm, like, in my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, at the time, I remember thinking, like, what I remember seeing this stuff on TV and be like, I, I don't ever want to watch this. I would never right. voluntarily well, look- choose to watch it because it seems so corny. And now 
I can appreciate things about it that I didn't at the time, but it seemed so fucking corny. And that I mean, probably was because I was noticing that it's like this dumb sort of fusion. Right. Well, well, Lord of the Dance, I mean, the cover are, is so iconic because like Riverdance is always like a, a panning shot of like all the dancers feet or something. And there's a very iconic font that they use, you know, that's like letters. It's a font that you literally would find underneath the smooth stones of a riverbed in Ireland. And like Lord of the Dance <laughs> is yeah. like it's him on the cover doing this like Heisman yeah. style fucking pose. And it's like the perfect thing for a 1990s skateboarding teenager to be like, that's gay. Like it's like that it's, is like yeah, the classic thing a, that someone would say that about, you know, back then. It kind of looks like uh, I feel like there's like a Freddie Mercury, like a queen image. Very similar. Very Greek kind of Greek God. You can see Adonis. all his muscles. Very Adonis. The dude's fucking in incredible shape. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Dude, he's the Lord of the dance. Yeah. Like and he's Lord the of Lord the of it. Is also a song, right? Like, isn't that? It's a um, hymn. It's an. It's like an old. It's like a song from the '60s, I think. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it, but uh, yeah. I also just think like he just is so self-aware that he's the best. Though so he's like, yeah, no, I'm the Lord of the dance. Like, this is gonna be my right. Yeah, yeah. my show. So Lord of the Dance was Flatley's opus. He had always envisioned a way to bring Irish dancing to the masses, but in a non-traditional way. One of his grievances with Riverdance was that, you know, he wanted to incorporate modern day effects into the strictly traditional show, but his ideas fell on deaf ears. Lord of the Dance was completely unique compared to Riverdance in the sense that there was a story-driven plot and a cornucopia of stage effects along with a modern approach to showcasing traditional Irish dancing. What many people told him was impossible soon became a reality. He wanted to become the Michael Jackson, there you go, of Irish dancing. <laughs> this may sound silly now, but at the time, this was a major deal. With millions of Riverdance tapes and CDs being sold, it was not delusional at all to think that the founding choreographer of Riverdance could break out on his own and create an equally, if not more, sensational and successful live show. Now, the biggest difference, again, between Lord of the Dance and Riverdance was the incorporation of a storyline. Riverdance was just like, here's these pieces of music. Here's these dances. Uh, Lord of the Dance was like, nope, like th there's a whole lot of fucking shit going on here. Um, the stories were based on biblical references and traditional Irish folk tales. Essentially, the storyline of the original show is this because there's a couple different renditions of Lord of the Dance and different shows that they'd come out with like Cirque du Soleil does right um, mm -hmm. you know there's there's Cirque du Soleil but then there's like Eclipse or like it's whatever the fuck the yeah they have different themes to them yeah so the same uh, same with Lord of the Dance but the original storyline the Lord of the Dance our hero has to battle the Dark Lord Don Dorcha in order to save planet Ireland there is also Sarois, I want to say is her name. Uh, uh, the Lord. <laughs> it's, uh, wait, wait, I got this. It's, you got uh, this? Sir, Sersha. 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 I was it. way off. Yeah. Uh, Samsonite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Lord's love interest who finds herself battling against the foul temptress Morrigan for the love of the Lord. So you have Ooh, Planet foul Ireland. Foul temptress. <laughs> foul temptress like, sounds like the like chick at the dive bar who's there till 155. I know, her well. <laughs> <laughs> I know her well. I know her well. So it's like, I just love the fact that instead of being like, we have to fight for Ireland, it's like, no, we have to fight 
for planet Ireland and we have to Hell fight yeah. with our dancing. And then there's also this love interest and, and this, yeah, the foul temptress who's trying to steal him away from her. And so now you have like, it's set up to have two girls dance battle, two guys dance battle. The costumes are fucking crazy. Like sometimes they're mm. literally dressed like robots and like, sometimes they're dressed like yeah. futuristic soldiers and there's a lot of face makeup and like creatures and like, They'll bring out two twins that play the fucking fiddle and like they'll just do so it battling. Right. And like we've been saying with like time dance and stuff, there's been this kind of hard to describe element of fantasy to it. And so it's kind of he's taking that fantasy a step further. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, fantasy and sci fi can, you know, go hand in hand. So it's kind sure. of maybe like dipping into like the sci fi element of things, too. Right. Yeah. And again, it's just like, this is such a different thing than river dance. Like when people saw this, they're like, holy fuck. Cause yeah, it's like, you know, lasers and it's like the music's like, and it's like, it's just way fucking crazier. So through several acts that are jam packed with group and solo dances, intense, modernized Irish music, pyrotechnics, and in more recent incarnations of the show, state of the art, digital effects, the audience is submerged in a truly unique experience, a truly unique experience that would make most people say, what the fuck is this? Like, it's so like you. <laughs> yeah. 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 On uh, shrooms. On, 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 yeah <laughs> yeah well but, they you know i had them and i had to watch lord of the dance and i was like this might this might be the move here and it was no it it does make it makes sense though and and i think actually you saying that kind of made i i didn't take shrooms when i watched it but i was like okay i see where you're coming from with all this i see why uh, you did that you know? I, I so but i one thing i did i i took manic notes while i was tripping watching Love lord that. of the dance <laughs> and uh some of them i don't know like at all what i meant and i'm gonna just read off some uh this this note just says robots and shit uh this one says terminator that's all it says um and then I like I can't even read a, a lot of this. It says that they have belts like in WWF. <laughs> this note says every girl dancer looks like Carrie Underwood's hotter sister. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like Roger Waters meets Riverdance. Um, oh, yeah. Hotter guy... than Carrie Underwood. Yo. <laughs> Excuse me. Stop <laughs> right <kidding>. there. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my, my Christian queen. Um, but also the the men are just like the most handsome men ever. And I had, I guess I had just been thinking about like, oh man, these guys probably get so much action being like part of Lord of the Dance or Riverdance. But I was like, no, none of them probably get laid because they're all too tired from these fucking insane shows, you know? And also, I mean, <laughs> the, the, they're touring groups of tons of like beautiful men and beautiful women. So I'm sure uh, they didn't. I'm often sure look to the crowd. on those yeah. tours, I'm sure on the, I'm sure probably between the members yeah the members of the company yeah. the, <laughs> yes uh, exactly that feels like that would just be hard because what was that thing uh wasn't it recently like the olympics was like a big hook oh yeah spot? they they had to because like it's just a bunch of like the set the like most physically fit people in the world are all like stuck in a dorms together like you have they a great made... body you've got a great body you've got a great body let's like fucking hook up let's slam so them together yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get nasty. Um, no, at the Olympics they made special beds out of like cardboard that could just withstand like one person sleeping on it. Like if you did anything else 
on that bed like it's just gonna crumble and then you're busted like that's that was like one of the things that they did um yeah. and i think so they, they were, were also so that, th th because of covid they the, the original plan was they were gonna pull all like uh accessibility to like prophylactics and things because they didn't want to encourage people like bunking up they wanted everyone to stay separate until mm. they had to compete for like covid reasons um but well we but we also know that you know semen retention is used for added <laughs> performance yeah it so really the Olympic, everyone should have to beat Olympic off before committee, they compete and they should they should change the olympics from the summer to november Oh no! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, they just have supermen competing uh, for No Nut November. Yeah, so Lord of the Dance made its debut in June of 1996 and quickly became equally, if not more, popular than Riverdance. The Lord performed at the 1997 Oscars as well as several high-profile performances at Disney World. Flatley trained a secondary troupe to expand the show's reach, and one troupe would remain at the Disney resorts all around the world, while the other toured the world. So Flatley then created a whole new show called Feet of Flames, uh, which is like, like, at first I was thinking like feet, like, oh, an unbelievable feat of strength. But no, it's like feet, like my feet. Uh, are on fire because I'm dancing so crazy. Uh, feet of flames. It's like that one doesn't sound. That's not as sexy as Lord of the Dance. Like feet of feet flames. Of flame. Um, but then there would be a third show that came out later that was titled Celtic Tiger. That kind of works out. Ooh, now Flatley took the yeah. stage for what he said would be his last time in 2006, but never to be one to turn down an opportunity to defend his reputation as. <laughs> Flatley returned to the stage in 2009, and by 2010, he was dancing full-time in the show, and there was even a 3D concert film made in 2011 that's now on Blu-ray for you folks at home that are so inclined. Uh, from then on, the show continued to tour regularly and remains one of the most successful musical shows in existence alongside Riverdance. An impressive feat, <laughs> considering the widely publicized scandal that the Lord of the Dance faced. Huh? Now we get into the Lord of the Allegations. By the time Flatley <laughs> you like that? By the time Flatley had announced his retirement from from and then returned to the stage, he was worth an estimated five hundred million dollars. But in 2007, he got an extra $11 million, or was supposed to, via a settlement that he won after being accused of rape. In 2002, Flatley and Tiny, Tina, Tina? I don't know, T-Y-N-A, Tina, 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 I don't know, Miss Robertson, that's her last name, so we'll just say Miss Robertson. They spent the night together in a Las Vegas hotel room, and Robertson claimed that Flatley had assaulted her, and her attorneys demanded that he pay a reported $30 million in order to avoid trial but flatly refused and the case reached the supreme court the court found that he was the victim of an attempted extortion scheme and after the ruling he was given permission to sue and that's exactly what he did so apparently the way, the way he got off was because his secretary who was in the room next to him could hear all the goings on in this room so she was hearing a night of sex and then the next 
the next morning they were like seen like kind of canoodling and kissing and eating breakfast together at the restaurant downstairs. And the whole argument was like, well, it doesn't really seem like that was a night of like treacherous sexual assault. Uh, and then, and, but and I know what Does. you're saying because because I always I always tend to you know go towards the side of the of of the you know the the victim or, or the alleged victim. But here's the thing: Robertson is also the mother of Chicago Bears linebacker Brian Orocher's son uh, or, or baby. I'm not sure if it's a son or daughter, but she's she's his baby mo- uh, baby mama, and she was arrested for contempt of court and also for not paying any of the settlement payments to Flatley. Now, the reason why I bring up the fact that she has a child with this with this football player is because apparently she has a long history of like gold digging tendencies. <laughs> let's just say, uh, and, and well, there's back- all sorts of proofs uh, of this that. This is back. In the nine, I mean, it is interesting that because this is back in the nineties when you know the more predominant media narrative was like, oh, a a woman would be doing that to get money. Sure, like that was yeah. kind. It was like, oh, she's a gold digger. Like that was kind of the thing. It was like this man has a lot of money, and so he's the victim because she's looking out for an opportunity. Um, that's just I mean, that was just sort of like a thing that you would hear a lot more often. Obviously, you don't hear those kinds of things now. These days, you know, m- almost any accusation does become, you know, it becomes news and it, and it tends well, to and f- I, it favors the, the, the victim, the accuser in these sure. situations. I will say, I mean, secretary hearing through the walls is pretty dubious. Obviously, I don't know. the Absolutely. The yeah. The court. I, yeah. I, I'm but not what saying I will say one way or the other is a. Uh, I'll say Harvey Weinstein probably was like, damn, that's what I was hoping I'd get. Cause that's, yeah. <laughs> that is wild that like he got accused of sexual assault and he ended up with $11 million. <laughs> like that is fucking crazy. I know. God Jeez. damn. What a scumbag. Um, also like you can't just leave it alone. Like you really have to sue the woman. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like just win in court and fucking let it be, you know, but you know, he's the Lord and I'm sure he had a little bit of an ego on him. So the scandal, he's, did, Lord. <laughs> he's the Lord. The scandal did little to harm the reputation of Lord of the dance or flatly himself, which is surprising, but flatly would make headlines. Well, that's what again. I mean. Well, that's what I mean, because that was that nineties shit where it, it was more well, it was of 2002, like, but happened. same difference. Yeah. Okay. Still, I'm just saying like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, those things didn't, harm your reputation in the same way that they would now. Yes. So flatly, you know, he makes headlines again in 2017 when it was announced that the Lord of the dance would be performing at Donald Trump's inaugural ball. The troupe instantly faced a large scale internet based backlash. Now, let's just say that theater and like dance folks aren't the biggest fans of Donald Trump. Um, you know, as a whole, I think it's pretty safe to say that, uh, People that are very into musical theater uh, probably aren't uh, the biggest, you know, Trump supporters. So this was mm-hmm. like a huge fucking thing. And I mean, everyone that performed, I, I believe, like uh, at his actual inauguration, like Toby Keith performed. That's no that didn't really shock anyone or anything. But like tons of bands were like hired and then dropped out, like because like the second they would mm-hmm. agree, it would be announced and then everyone would shit on them and they'd pull out. 
and Lord of the mm-hmm. Dance. Like, yeah, like yeah. they got down to Lord of the Dance. I mean, and it's 2017. We're talking like fucking 20 years after the shit came out. Like, no one's talking about Riverdance or Lord of the Dance. But like, hey, it's a gig, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, th- th- they pulled up. But they're still around. They're still touring the, the world. Uh, Flatly, he's still in the show. But what he does now, really, again, to accentuate the fact that he is the Lord, he, uh, like, you know, you have your whole show and there's a lead man that, that's playing the Lord of the Dance. And then after the show for the encore, Flatly comes out, the Lord. And he does, like, a solo mm-hmm. bit where he just, like, burns a fucking hole in the floor of the stage and then, like, fucking leaves, yeah. you know. And, it, and it's fucking yeah. crazy. So you get to see him for like five minutes at the end of this like long, crazy fucking Cirque du Soleil-esque river dance show. Uh, it's like Blue Man Group mixed with the fucking Matrix, but like in like the 1600s in Ireland. It's like he also, it's fucking out of control. He also wrote, directed, and produced a spy movie called Blackbird. <laughs> wow, um, dude. That sounds like shit. Uh, that does not I mean, sound good. We might have to do like a maybe like a squirts or something of like celebrity vanity projects. Oh, yeah. All those are so they're so good. You know, it's just like such a fun thing to go down of just like I mean, the biggest one, Battlefield Earth. um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. John Travolta. uh, But sometimes those vanity projects can really I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's like dancing. Well, uh, I mean, it looks like the guy. the guy the from um, the the keyboardist from from yes he like put he like put together a stage oh, the, show yeah. of King Arthur on ice and yes. that was like a fucking yeah, huge yeah. fucking R- flop Rick Wakeman that, also you have I mean, you have the Bee Gees that, doing the Sergeant Pepper's movie that's right. a fucking flop mm-hmm. though that that didn't that didn't fuck up the Bee Gees at all I mean they no, kept no, they kept being extremely popular but yeah the the Rick Wakeman yes king arthur on ice is very much in the same uh, vein of whatever it is this river dance lord of the dance kind of whatever if if that suits your flutes. fancy of like flutes and graceful ballet yeah. jethro toll could have i uh, can hooked up with lord of the dance there's, and, there's and a little yeah cool there's some shit. it's tullian some cool um, also, shit i don't know why i said cool shit like, like that'd be <laughs> yes, fucking cool do. like who cares ryan <laughs> jesus i wanted to say i wanted to also just bring up and i know it's different but just because we were talking about that you know the stomp stomping or like the, oh stomp Irish, yeah stomp is right around here well, i have that written down too but also savion glover was that tap dancer and he was huge. oh yeah he was huge my mom loved that fucking guy my mom yeah, was a dancer he, so yeah and so he was big in like the nineties too. So there was so there was sort of this that I, I don't know, the tapping, clogging, traditional Celtic that that kind of dancing stomping. I think it was like there was uh, a like big stomping thing in the nineties. Yeah, stomp. I mean, I I played drums for many, many years and I got my very first pair of drumsticks at a stomp show, which is a stupid place to buy a drumstick because they're using like trash you, to Yeah, I saw Stomp. Wait, yeah. you what? Wait, you were it, you wait. What did you say? You I got went, your sticks at a stomp. I, 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 I bought. I bought a pair of my very first drumsticks that I ever had that started me playing drums for like the next fucking fifteen years of my life or whatever. I bought them at a stomp 
performance at the Pantages oh. Theater. And they said stomp on him. And I, I like I like colored over where it said stomp because I didn't want it to say that. I just wanted drumsticks. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Kids are dumb. Damn. Kids, if you're listening, you're dumb. Uh, so stomp what is, is it all? <laughs> stomp? <laughs> Sorry. Stomp's just one of those other things where I'm like now like, man, that seems kind of cool now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's cool, dude. It, it is cool. It's um, so goofy, I, though. It's yeah, so it's not goofy. it's not necessarily a dump because it's like it's it's too self-aware that it's like musical. This is like a guy who thought he was literally Michael Jackson, but of Irish traditional tap dance. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So what does it all mean? I guess it means that there is nothing to laugh about when it comes to the traditions of other countries. Irish dancing is a vastly impressive art form that demands levels of physical prowess and discipline that sets it apart from other mainstream theatrical performances. But if you combine this art with, you know, lasers, pyro, futuristic costumes, a wacky storyline, and the ego of someone who considers himself to be the lord of that art, it is funny. It's really, really funny. And that's what it all means to me. (laughs) Yeah, like Riverdance does have this, uh, you know, Riverdance is a little more traditional and it's it's cool. I I like River Dance more, but Lord of the Dance is kind of it's kind of the it, it's kind of a great example of the '90s where it's like the we've sort of talked about this a lot on podcast '99. We're like the early '90s was like that's where a bunch of really cool, awesome music happened, and then the late sure. '90s was it, especially in rock, rock and roll. It was very much this like shitty mirror of the early '90s, and it's like let's let's take the early '90s shit and make it just like kind of worse and lame. Well, and like you also had like that first half of the '90s, like grunge era shit, where it's like we're let's strip down all the shit that that we had piled on top of rock in the in the '80s. You know, let's strip it down. Let we create something new. And then when you get to the middle of the '90s, it's like okay, we are done with the strip down. Let's put all this shit back on top of it. And that's Lord yeah, of the but Dance. just the back like, River on Dance top is like stripped down. You know, but like mm-hmm. to the roots of the fucking scene of like, traditional Irish folk dancing, you know, and then Lord of the Dance just fucking is that on Coke, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Coke and, you mushrooms. know, yeah. Like, if you want to have a like River Dance is like a glass of wine. Lord of the Dance is a four loco. Uh, that's yeah. that, there you go. Another <laughs> callback. How about that? All right. So. <laughs> Folks, please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash culture dumps. We have a whole nother series that we do exclusively on there. Plus all the videos we post, we post stuff every week. There's even an opportunity. There's a tier you could sign up for where we send you an authentic culture dump artifact in the mail every month. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Also, uh, Spotify has announced that you can now rate your podcasts on there. So if you listen to us on Spotify, please, uh, you know, Give us a star rating. Maybe leave a little review. Also do that on whatever you listen to us on. Happy holidays, folks. What a year of dumps it's been. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Parks Miller. Keep on dumping.